Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis mortgage mastery mentor and head chicken charge of kinetic spark consulting hi everyone welcome back to mortgage lending mastery i'm your host jen duplessis on today's episode we have jeffrey broger let me tell you a little bit about jeffrey he is a pioneer in the real estate marketing and technology space founder of both Steezy.digital, which I'm going to have to talk to you about what that name is, and JJB Multifamily. So you must do some syndications there. That's good. He's been a real estate investor since he was 16 years old. He's at the top um, 1% of all time sales representatives and sales managers from Cutco. So we know what kind of sales training you had. We definitely yes. get that. And has helped top real estate and mortgage broker um, clients spend over a million dollars on Facebook ads while generating five to 25x return on ad spend. Um, today, Jeff consults nine-figure businesses on their social media ad innovation and direct response copywriting strategies. And where we met um, is that Jeff had me on his podcast called Lockbox. Um, and I don't even remember when it was, but you now have over 150 episodes. So welcome to this world, but it's for real estate professionals. And you're also a member of the XP, which I am as well. So we certainly understand um, that world. So welcome to the show. You Thank sound you so like, much, Jen. Yeah, you sound like me. You know, what don't you do, right? And I'm sure a lot of people tell you that. And that's what I hear all the time. <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs> what don't you do in the in the real estate or business world? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So let's, I, I do want to ask you, you know, how'd you come up with the name Steezy? What is that? Great Steezy? question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a little bit of a shout out to my extreme sports background and upbringing in California. It's an extreme sports term that means style with ease. So okay. extreme sports are the one of the only sports that are gauged and judged based on style. Yeah. Actually, you know, like a surfer, you know, dropping yeah. into a wave. There's, you know, there's points for certain activities and turns, but actually one of the judging methods is style. So yeah. um, it just became one of those terms that was used in the industry. And when I started my digital marketing agency, what is it, five years ago now, I was doing so much research of all the names I could think of in my head and all oh, yeah. of them were already taken. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I finally came up with that and I'm like, it's available. All right. I'm going to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's funny. It's yeah. funny. I, I interviewed a guy uh, years ago on my podcast, uh, Jonathan Slane. He, uh, he has recession.com. And I said, how did you get recession.com? Because wow. I mean, we were and this was way past the, um, the great recession, right? He got it, I think in like 2014 or something. And he's like, believe it or not, it wasn't taken. I mean, sometimes it's just not assuming, right? Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Usually, yeah. usually nowadays you have to have a forward URL to even get it, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. It's and just so. cra- crazy kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. So, so believe me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really active in uh, metaverse and crypto and uh, NFTs right now. I'm doing a lot of investing, creating an NFT myself and um, I won't awesome. be mining. I think that's the only thing I don't want to do, but um yeah. And uh, as soon as I, you know, was learning about the metaverse, I'm, I'm listening to the guy talk and I'm going on to Google and going, okay, I want metaverse concierge, concierge metaverse, MV concierge, concierge MV, because he's showing us how to go through there. And I'm going, you know, oh my gosh, I, you know, as he's showing, I go, they need a concierge service on here. He just says, welcome to metaverse. Let's give you a tour. And I thought, right. oh, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy nice. it. So I bought like 25 different versions of all those things so that if someone wants to buy it from me, they can. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. I, I know. Well, Hey, listen, there's a guy in one of my masterminds. I, you know, I hold masterminds. I, I mastermind leader. And one of the guys in my mastermind, he's like, I own dentist.com and I don't really know what to do with it. And we went, what, wait, what? <laughs> so, anyway. sell it for like $150,000. Actually, he's not going to sell it. He's going to license it out so that Dennis can do dentist.com forward slash gen duplexes, dentist.com forward slash. He's just going to license oh. it out. He's going to make about 7 million. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah, Even we better. Like, no, you can that's, license it out. You should, you don't need that's the value selling. of a mastermind. That's it. That's it. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. So anyway, we digress right away into some all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but that's how the world's going, right? It's moving a hundred miles an hour. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is, you know, lead generation for mortgage loan officers and real estate agents, you know, um, online. And, and of course, a lot of people hear about this and they're like, eh, Another thing on social media, another thing on ad spend, another, another, another thing. So let's talk about what makes you so different and so special. And I'm going to let you take absolutely give my throat a little bit of a rest. Yes, yes, absolutely. So wouldn't it be nice if rather than getting another social media lead with name, phone, email, who probably doesn't even know who you are, wouldn't it be nice if you actually had an appointment instead? A qualified appointment. Well, after my background with direct sales through Cutco, I realized that that same need as a sales representative, that constant flow of leads was very nice, but then you still had to do all of the follow-up, all of the outbound calls, all of the voicemails, all of the texts to get the appointment set. Yeah. And actually our KPIs and our metrics at Cutco were 10 calls to referrals would equal one appointment. Mm -hmm. So that was the flow. It was 10 calls, one appointment, and then a company average 60% closing ratio. Somehow I was able to achieve a 90% closing ratio. But through that, I was then able to have a higher, you know, average order as well and hit the top 1% and all the stuff. But thinking back to that experience, it was leads first, and then it was appointments as the next step in the funnel. I think the common disconnect 
with lead generation companies is that they're pushing for the top of funnel result to mm -hmm. the mortgage loan officer. They're pushing the leads mm -hmm. rather than pushing the appointments, going that extra step down the funnel and taking all of that follow-up work and all of the, you know, the texting, the immediate response to an internet lead within five minutes after they submit the constant follow-up over six to 12 months to convert someone who, you know, just got in last year, but they weren't ready. All that is taken off their plate so that mortgage loan officers can focus on bottom funnel opportunities and appointments that are scheduled on their calendar and confirmed. Okay. So let me ask you a question about that because there is a benefit to having all those leads. So are you um, mm -hmm. stopping those leads from coming in, you know, from a client acquisition perspective, are you stopping those leads from coming in to the funnel or into the CRM or are they, they're all coming through, but then there's a secondary filter that allows for that appointment to be scheduled because I would still want all those leads because um, they, I, I may not want to call them in five minutes, but I would want, I would want them to self, uh, what is that word? Self, um, self-select, select. Thank you. <laughs> self-select or self-identify or self-qualify, you know, themselves and yep, they came through, but I still want those names. So are the names still in there? Because if I'm paying for them, I still want the names. Yes. Great question. Yeah. That is where lead filtration comes in and it's your choice. Some yeah. clients don't want to lead until it's absolutely qualified, good phone number, good email, and an appointment scheduled, or at least someone who has been qualified by our ISA team. Mm -hmm. Now, someone like you, savvy marketer, you understand the value of a lead, you under, you have systems in place to help nurture them, convert them long-term, yeah. you want to be lead. So yeah. we send them right to you. I want to be clear that we are not a lead bank that has this generic page that generates this you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of leads and then resells them 10 times, 10 different mortgage loan officers. That's not what we do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the best way to define what you do is to clearly define what you don't do. Yeah. What we, what we don't do is that we don't resell the same lead over and over again. It's different. We actually create a exclusive lead generation source in your business branded to you. We act as your digital marketing agency and help set this up for you. So you don't have to worry about it. So we act on a done for you service basis on a monthly basis. And after we set up these systems that have already been proven in dozens of other markets that we then custom brand to you, they start to work for you, but you own the lead. You own the, all the data, you own everything that is involved with that lead. And when we go, so go our separate ways, if that happens, we send you the whole lead bank, master lead bank database. You already have them integrated with your CRM and that's that, right? You have all the data. Yeah. So, so do you have your own, and I know this is one of the things that you have is CRM and reputation management is one of the things that you talk about. Um, mm -hmm. But do you have your own uh, CRM or, uh, you know, what platforms can communicate with you as well um, in your CRM? <laughs> I'm watching, for those of you that are watching and just listening, um, you just had disappeared to, and I'm like, where'd you go? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> I had to go, go throw, throw a little fan on. It's, it's getting hot in this jacket. <laughs> it's getting hot in your office, yeah. So, um, you know, do you have your own CRM that you, uh, that everyone has to be part of? And then when they export at some time, you know, in space that, you know, they have to have another a CRM that speaks with you directly. I mean, so how, how does Great that question. work in here? So Great I'm, question. I love all these logistics questions because well, I'm an engineer. This, this makes it real. I know. Oh, okay. I'm you're an engineer. 
<laughs> so you go <laughs> one piece at a time. No, that's, that's been, t- that's a lot of it. That's a very so, unknown, uh, disc profile of mine, <laughs> an unknown huh. piece of me. Yeah. Cause I'm mostly an eye. Yeah. But I'm an I'm IC. Eye. Yeah. 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 I'm high eye. So, um, as far as the CRM, we have found over the years that most mortgage loan officers and most real estate brokers have their own CRM mm-hmm. that they have been using for a couple of years or they just switched to one, but they already made the emotional decision and the financial investment. And they're in this process of change already. And then they come to us, mm-hmm. hey, we just got this new CRM. We want to ramp up with leads, right? It's, it's either they've, they're set in their ways or they've already switched and now they're they like don't want to switch immediately again so in the beginning we integrated with whatever crm came our way you know we built custom integrations and we still do that today actually if, if you i haven't had a crm come to me yet that i have not been able to integrate with with my team so we make it easy for you like we, yeah. we want this to be easy for you in the recent years we have also developed a crm of our own and there's a couple of reasons for that Number one, you could just think of it as a backup CRM. I mean, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we set up a profile for you on our CRM. And if ever anything happened to your CRM or you were sick of them, you wanted to check ours out, you can. It's included with what you pay us on a monthly basis anyway, right? And so- Yeah, now I want to just point that out because some people won't see value in it, right? Some they're going to say, okay. oh, then you have all my data and you know, all that stuff. Sure, but the scarcity I, mindset. Right, but yeah. But what I have to tell you is most loan officers- have their CRM with their company. That's where they have their CRM. So if you leave a company and the CRM was, you know, encompass, and I know it's an LOS, but if it was encompassed that bled into, you know, some, and I can't, I don't know why I'm having a brain fade on all the CRMs, but let's say it goes to total expert. Let's say it goes to top of mind. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Well, you go there, it's all attached to your company. So when you leave your company, unless you have something of your own, everything's with your company. Yep. Everything's with your company. And I don't want to cross some line of, well, they really are owned by the company, but are they owned by you? You need to have your own CRM. Period, end of story, you need to have your own CRM. So I want you to hear this because because if you do have a backup CRM and your company leaves you or you leave your company, it's all lost. And that's not not good, guys. That's just not good. No, it's it's such a great point, Jen. Honestly, I mean- Technically, in that agreement, I'm sure they say that they own all the data associated with your relationship with them. And when, yeah. you know, if and when you part ways, they're not going to let you take all your leads. I mean, you'll have some phone contacts you could reestablish with, but it's not going to be this organized database sync that they send you. Um, so as you far as I know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. And so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, having your own is super important. And we do nothing with the data that is unscrupulous. Honestly, it sits there on a profile and we help you remarket to them with emails, texts, and social media, and it keeps it very organized on our side. So then when we are managing your account, the account manager has a clear profile of what's going on and can fix things and can see if you know, the integration, by the way, goes to yours and ours. So if it breaks, we can see it right away rather than you telling us three weeks later, hey, I haven't gotten any leads. And we're like, what? Right. We know right away when things are happening and there's just so many other benefits. Um, We also help with reputation management, which is Mm -hmm. a huge aspect of online, being able to be found online today. Um, Your Google My Business profile, 
that's been a more popular topic lately. Well, there's yes. 70 other online listing profiles that you either haven't filled out or they have inconsistent information and it's hurting your search engine optimization score. So when people type your name in and you have two Google My Business profiles with different addresses, you don't have a Yelp listing, you don't have this and that, it, that all hurts you. And so we help to consolidate and organize all that as well with our CRM. Yeah, I love that. I love that you do that too, because uh, it's funny, my husband just changed companies. And when he got to the new company, uh, well, <laughs> just recently he got onto Facebook, which is funny. And he's with him. He's a mortgage lender. And because uh, I was always the lead, right? The voice, so it really didn't matter. But um, uh, we found out that his LinkedIn profile was from a company that he worked at in 2012. Amazing. <laughs> and it still shows that he works there, which I think is hilarious. So we were like, no, no, that needs to be changed. And of course I'm not involved in it, but I, you know, I was like, no, no, that won't, that won't go. That won't go. That for won't you. do. But yeah. Yeah. That won't do for you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about branding because this is, um, you know, I don't want, and I also want to talk, make sure that we understand. I know we've kind of leaned in the loan officer piece of this, but a lot of real mm-hmm. estate agents listen and, loan officers who are listening can can present this to their brokers, uh, to the real estate brokers as well, um, which leads me to, do you have an affiliate program for loan officers to be able to do that? We sure do have an affiliate program okay. for anyone that wants to help us grow. Okay. So for those that don't understand what an affiliate program is, you get a little bit of commission for referrals. It's not a referral of a deal. Mm-hmm. So this is not a violation of RESPA. This is just a referral to a, a platform. Um, right. And uh but branding is really dear to my heart. In fact, it's, it's one of my first, well, I say it's, it's first and second of my five strategies, you know, my principles for cracking the top producer code, which, uh, you know, the first is clarity and the second is credibility. Part of the clarity and credibility at the same time is you have to understand who you are and what you want to be to the public, right? And then, and then go grab the credibility by having the consistency, and I call it continuity, because it's a little bit different than consistency, but continuity um, in taking your brand out there. And I do it by a very unique mechanism, which I'm not going to share on the podcast right now, but um, how do you do it? How do you pull the brand out for someone? Because as you know, in our industry, um, it's very incestuous. Um, I've shared this story before, but I do feel I need to share. I mean, with over, I don't know, you just asked me how many podcasts I have, and I don't know how many. I'm probably 800, <laughs> 800 or so. I don't remember when I said this, but, you know, there was a time, there was this one time that this, this guy said, you know, hey, I want to be your friend. He asked to be my friend on Facebook. And I always go and check people out because I'm pretty high profile. And I got to be careful. So I'm checking this guy out. And I go there and I see that he has this, this ribbon, this is a while ago, this yellow ribbon that I had created. Um, it cost me $500 to create that says uh, it's a yellow ribbon. And it says experience matters. Okay. And this was sort of part of my branding and uh, the yellow ribbon was for veterans and for the fact that, you know, I have empathy for people and that was the whole purpose behind mm. it. Um, and he had put that on his cover page for his Facebook. He'd cut and copied it. And we know in this industry, we always say, don't, don't reinvent the wheel, right? You know, steal, right. rape, and pillage, but, but give people the, the, you know, the kudos for having created it. You know? sure. but, but he had it on there. And as I'm poking through and I'm, and so I'm like, hey, you stole it without asking. But and then as I'm poking through, he had been in the business for like six months, less than six months. And I thought, yeah, experience matters and you don't have it, right? right. So you have to be careful about what we do like 
in others. And that's why I'm asking this. And so I'm sorry for the long setup, but the reason I'm asking this is a lot of times when people come to me and we talk about their branding, they share with me and, and companies will ask me, you know, show me some ideas of what you like. And I don't like sharing that because what I like may not be my brand. And mm. so they'll come to me. And I, I think this is a major issue with companies is show me some ideas of what you do like. It's more of what I don't like, as you have said before. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so in this particular case, it's like, don't take the things that you like because it may not align with you. And so that's why we work on alignment so much in what I do with coaching. So tell us a little bit about what, what you do in branding to pull this out of people. How do you determine well, who they are? You, you set me up. So now I can knock out of the park. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. So I'd like to touch on three topics. Yeah. The, the first topic is storytelling. Yes. Mm -hmm. With branding. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a story? Yes, please. Excellent. I was fresh out of college, came back from Northern Arizona University to Southern California, and I was referred to offer sales consulting for a branding startup right out of college because of my experience with Cutco. They knew my six years of direct sales background, 70-year-old company that had instilled amazing sales practices in me, and I had then been a sales manager at Cutco as well. So my experience was relevant despite my young age of 22, fresh out of college. And uh, I came in and there was this branding company that was rebranding K through 12 schools because mm -hmm. K through 12 schools in the 80s and 90s, they needed logos and mascots as they were growing. And so what did they do? They went to the ones that were on TV and that were in colleges. Well, it wasn't Bumble a problem. Bumblebee, the wildcat, yeah. The Longhorn was my high school. Right. yeah. And it was the exact Texas Longhorns logo, the exact <laughs> total rip. Right. And, and so in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, not a problem. In the 2010s, you invent the internet and not invent it, but it has exploded yeah. and people have it on their phone and everything. Well, now it's a problem because University of Texas has a TV network, right? They right. are very protective of their brand. Right. And now they're seeing, yeah. Yeah. And now they're seeing a, a maroon longhorn, not a, not a burnt orange one, a maroon longhorn with a pixelated logo in a high school in San Diego. Well, my high school was actually one of the examples of a high school that got a cease and desist letter from the University of Texas. Mm -hmm. Now they have to rebrand. Super okay. interesting niche. Uh, the, the founder of this company had come from uh, pharmaceutical branding, doing $100,000 uh, brand packages plus for pharmaceutical companies like Humera and, and you know, huge multi-multi-billion dollar brands. That was his experience in branding. And then he saw this niche. So he created this company that would subsidize the cost for K through 12 schools down to about $5,000 and still offer the full corporate branding experience from scratch, from inception of the idea of what their mascot could, should look like, feel like, uh, you know, based on whether they're a, a elementary school, middle school, or high school, the, the mascot got slightly more aggressive or masculine or, or whatever you want to call it. It got, it was like super friendly and lovable as, as an elementary school mascot. And then it was like the same mascot, but more grown up as, as the high school right. mascot, like every little detail. Right. Um, and so I, I had to learn their branding process in order to then sell it. And that was my first experience with the power 
of branding and the difference between a, a brand is not a logo, right? A, a logo is a logo, which is an element yeah. of branding. A brand should have its own identity. It should mm-hmm. have its own social security number, its own, its own voice, a, a way that it speaks. You, you could say today, Nike would probably say this about that. What is Nike? Nike's a corporation, right? But you kind of have this feeling for what Nike's comment would be on a, per, on a social issue. That's branding. And so that's the first story and the element that I, I wanted to convey there is the power of storytelling yeah. because stories are how humans learn and retain information. Yeah. So what's your brand story? That's really the first step. Um, mm-hmm. Because I told what I just said in that first point in a story-like fashion, probably a lot of your listeners will retain it much more than mm-hmm. if I would have just rattled off a bunch of facts or examples because there was right. a beginning, a middle, and an end. Oh, believe and there was this me, whole journey someone- through it flips through a TV and they see a longhorn. They're like, Oh, is that the real one? The, not the one, the one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, and there's triggers every time, you know, your listeners hear longhorns or see a longhorn, they're going to think about this story and think about this podcast, right? There's so many anchor points. So Mm -hmm. that's the first step is I align with the mortgage loan officer with the real estate professional who wants to do this branding project. And I get out of their head onto paper in a very clear, concise fashion, their hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Right? right. The hero's journey is the most common uh, storytelling framework used. Think of any blockbuster movie, Disney movie. Anything. It's, it's, yeah. it's anything. It's the hero's journey. Yeah. We use that in our branding process mm-hmm. to create a hero's journey for our client that is specific to their real estate experience. And it builds this sense of, now here's the second point, trust. Yeah. Trust, trust, trust. Trust is the number one thing as real estate professionals that you need to evoke within your perfect prospect. And this comes from extensive branding experience. I mean, I've paid for consulting from brand advertisers with decades of experience way before I was even born. And they have put together this incredible system that distills down your type of business into the exact emotional trigger that you need to trigger within your client in order to have them buy from you or mm-hmm. choose you over the other competition. And in a real estate transaction, which people rarely do every five, 10 years, maybe it has huge financial consequences if it's done wrong. Mm-hmm. And they, they are less interested with the, the shiny new object rather than with someone that they can trust. Trust is the number one thing that you need to evoke within them. So what is more trust building than a compelling story that's true and that exemplifies all of the experience you bring to the table based on your journey? Yeah. Right. One yeah, of the so best gonna, ways to I'm gonna trust. interject here. Yeah, I'm going to interject here on this because, uh, you know, I talk about this all the time with my clients is, you know, the no like and trust factor. We've, we know about that in selling that I don't think that a lot of people really understand the depth of where it goes. And I teach on this quite extensively, which is, um, you know, they know what you do. Maybe. <laughs> right. They know what you do by your title and we leave it there. And we're like, well, they know I'm a mortgage person. They know I'm a realtor. Come on. Why am I not getting business? They know what I do. They might like you, you know, they're cordial at a networking event. They might like you. Um, But the reason that the sales don't happen is because we never get ourselves to trust. And the trust piece of this is that they don't know, they don't need to know what you do. They need to know who you are. 
And mm. so often in, in our industry, we have this, this facade of professionalism that it doesn't allow people to get in. We just merely allow for ourselves. We, we reverse stereotype ourselves into, I'm a lender, you know what I do, so send me business. I'm a realtor, you know what I do, so send me business. But people won't send that business until they understand who you are. So can I tell a story? Yes, please. <laughs> I am serious about this. So years and years ago, when I was, um, I was young, I was probably 25, 26. At the time, I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I was a hottie patati youngie. And uh, I was doing uh, sales for Negam loans, you know, for world savings. And, and, you know, that's when they were called world savings before they went on to Wachovia and B of A and all that stuff. And I was doing these Negam loans and I was called a PMB. It's a preferred mortgage broker. It wasn't, uh, it's the pre-definition of wholesale lending, right? I guess. And um, I kept, I walked into these companies, you know, and I was trying to be professional and I actually had to. I had to really struggle with this as a woman in a man's you know, male dominated industry. There were very few originators, sure. that type of thing. And, and it was a cute thing. And so I really had to share, show my strength, right. And so put the facade on, no, I'm strong. I'm not going to share anything personally. I'm only going to talk business. And so I was doing that. And, um, and it was working for me because I was top in the company and I, and it was working, but I happened to mention something about one of my kids um, to somebody and a guy down the hall who was sitting in his chair uh, pushed himself backwards out through the hallway, right? And caught himself on the arms, right? So he's pulling himself back and caught or cut, catches himself on the doorway, leaning back in his chair. And he's like, Jen, you have kids? And I said, yeah, I have kids. Why? And he goes, well, I just thought you were some young chick who was spending all her money, you know, in this lending business, spending all her money going partying. If I had known you had kids. I would have given you business years ago, right? Oh, wow. And so what do you think I did after that? Started sharing your whole life. <laughs> I came in with the pictures, right? The old fashioned, like, look at my kids, look at my kids, look at my kids. Yeah, you know, in, in because we have this perception of how people are perceiving us, that we change who we are. Mm. Hmm? Lesson Awful. learned, big lesson learned on that. Yeah. Wow. So can I now share the third? Yes. Point? <laughs> yes. That was a great story, by the way. <laughs> and it also leads into this point. So we talked about storytelling, the power of it. We talked about trust is really the goal. The goal mm -hmm. is to evoke trust. Mm -hmm. Well, now the third point is now you need to be consistent mm -hmm. with that. The, the authority type brand, which is what real estate professionals are, by the way, the ones that you do evoke trust that do a transaction that has high financial consequences if done wrong. And it happens rarely throughout someone's lifetime. That's an authority brand. Mm -hmm. Well, the inherent uh, nature of the beast, if you will, is that they need to advertise more consistently and market more consistently than any other brand out there yeah. because they need to stay top of mind and continue to remind their following and their, their past customers that they still are the one to trust. If, yeah. if you have an inconsistent message and you do it inconsistently, who's going to remember? That's why right. almost 80% of the people who buy a house from a real estate professional today in four years can't remember that person's name and then go to the next first person that they meet. 
Yeah. Why is that? Well, yeah. that's consistency is so important in this whole world. And that's why my agency really focuses on branding and then advertising, because that's that other mm -hmm. piece. You know, the advertising encompasses both email, text, marketing, as well as then social media advertising and paid advertising, because it's all part of the whole ecosystem to stay in front of people after the leads generated. But then also your after. database is probably not even being nurtured to the to the degree that it could be and reminded there's transactions that you're missing out on right now today from your existing sphere because they're not being nurtured right. with valuable content and the message of your brand story and all of the promises the brand promises that are made aren't being consistently put out to market and getting in front of them in front of their eyeballs on their phone which is where people spend their time nowadays right so that's really that last element is consistency and it's the hardest one yeah, I think it is too. And I, um, I, uh, we talk about it a lot, you know, we have a tendency, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, and so I don't mean to discredit mortgage or real estate, but I think it's in sales generally, you know, in all businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurship, et cetera, is that in sales is that we get a lead, we close business, we get a lead, we close business and it's linear to people. And one of the things that I uh, you know, I coach on is infinity, right? The infinity sign, because mm. if we can create, you know, create a great experience for a client and then create loyalty by having the continuity or consistency on the backside of nurturing our clients rather than neglecting them and being ready for the when, right? Being ready for when they are ready or nurturing them to trigger them because they don't have awareness. Uh, and again, getting, getting back to authority, you know, they don't have awareness that maybe they're, I mean, I, you'd have to be crazy to not know you have more equity in your home now, but maybe if they didn't know that they had more equity in their home at this particular time, that you could be the trigger to put them back into the infinity, you know, to the, to the, um, process, the marketing piece of it, of, of making a decision of brand selection, et cetera. And this is why I don't call past clients past. And most people think of past client as P-A-S-T. When I say past clients, I'm talking about clients that in your opinion have passed away, P-A-S-S-E-D, because you decided that you weren't going to talk to them anymore. When you went to mm. the closing, you closed the casket on your relationship. So I call them alumni because what do alumni do? They talk it up, they root for you, they endorse you, and they bring more money back to you, right? They donate to you, right? When in an alumni, a true alumni situation, which means that they're going to come back and they're going to spend more money with you. So I will never so say past client. I will always say alumni client. And when you have that framework then you're already in your mindset that they are coming back and that you need to take the action to bring them back. Wow. That is so great. I love that, Jen. <laughs> Just the mindset shift of past client. Yep. Closed them on to the next, such a salesperson mentality. And I could say that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was that, I, am. We were, <laughs> I was that right? person. We were I, I did the hardest part, which is closing someone brand new from scratch. That is the hardest part of sales. Yeah. And ap after you have actually closed them, they are 17 times more likely to buy from you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we close yet, the casket. And yeah, we bring I went them on flowers, to the next, on right? to the next, on to the next, on right. to the next. And I just, I kept that uphill grind forever. And I never 
at least in my early experience, created yes. that flywheel or that infinity loop where yeah. it starts to get easier over time. That's the, that's the idea, right? Business, it can't always be this hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. And well, well, yeah. And that's my whole acres of diamonds that I talk about is that we have acres of diamonds beneath us and, you know, we just need to pick them up and that one diamond dropped can create a ripple, you know, and why make a ripple when, why make a ripple when you can make a splash, right. With every single contact that you have. So, yeah, I love that. So, so tell us a little bit as we kind of wrap up here, because I, you know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, people know that yes, you have a product to sell. And, and many of you know, on this podcast that, you know, I won't bring on product people, you know, like, Hey, I have a product and that's it. I want to find out behind it, how it's going to change your life, how it's going to change your mindset. It's not just buy a product, but how it can actually change your life. Right. Um, and, and I think that we've done that here because you're, you're really seeking and finding out, you know, what their story is, you know, how the world sees them, um, you know, and then developing that trust and confidence. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the product so that those that are listening are saying, yes, I need this. I need something that's uniquely different. How do they get the product? What kind of offer are you going to make for my listeners <laughs> and, um, tell, take it away from there. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. I understand from the years of personal development that I've done that you do not get something for nothing. If you do for a little while, the universe will quickly correct itself and, and uh, you know, correct that mistake. You have to bring value to the marketplace in order to get something in return. And with that understanding in mind, I know that clients have to get ROI to stay on their advertising mm-hmm. and they have to get extreme value to do the branding process and then leave a positive review and have a positive experience. So really what we offer is branding and advertising. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a two-phase process. First phase is we do your branding and that typically is a complete branding process where we get you a 30-page corporate level, amazing brand book that is beautifully designed, has your brand story, manifesto, mission, vision, values, everything in one document. And the second phase is then advertising. So we can take that brand book, transform it into a brand story video and bring it to market as well as do other direct response advertising on your behalf on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And so the best way to learn more is to have a free strategy session with myself or one of my team members, go to steezy.digital and we offer the first consulting session free. I've offered consulting for nine figure real estate businesses. I offer the first consulting session free for anyone from, you know, Jen that comes here and past that, if you mentioned that you came from the Gen Duplessis podcast, remember this because it'll save you some money. I'll actually offer you a discount on services as well, not just on the branding, but on the ongoing services as well, which I mean, we already were getting a five to 25 X return for a lot of our clients. And I'm sure you'd be the same. Well, with a little bit of a discount on what you're paying, that ROI gets even higher. So hopefully that's valuable to your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for offering that to them. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I think we want to leave with something you and I were talking about in the green room. Right. And so I'm just going to preface it and let you kind of take it away. And, and that is specifically for, well, I, 
I'm going to say specifically for loan officers at the high level, but then it, this also applies to real estate agents, but knowing that loan officers are paid a W-2, you know, unless you're listening and you're the broker owner, right? But loan officers are paid a W-2, 100% commission, and, uh, you know, and real estate agents are on a 1099. So there's a little more flexibility in realtors to be able to create branding, at least the perception of that. Now, I don't agree sure. with that at all because my brand's been out there for 20 some years as the Kearney team, right? The Kearney lending team. And that's simply my son, Kirk, and my daughter, Whitney's names combined. That's all it is because everything we do is for them. So it's called the Kearney team. And uh, that's why we created that brand and that then we can tell people about our kids and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, it just continues to go on. I, I've been out of the business now four years and I continue to get referrals that I have to send on to my husband and my daughter who are part of the Kearney team, right? Um, because it just kind of sits there. One of the things I, I need people to understand is that this is you incorporated. You should be branding you, not the company that you hang your license at. So with that yes. said, yeah, with that said, uh, maybe you can speak to this and how important that you feel this is and give us one last you know, tip or idea here that we need to walk away with so that this creates uh, an, not an impulse. It's not influence. I mean, it's not, um, oh my gosh, uh, manipulation. This is an influence for you to understand the importance of taking action to create this for yourself. Mm, yes. Thank you for that lead in. Great question. So we were talking before the show about how the industry in a whole is evolving into hanging your hat, whether you're on the real estate side or the mortgage side, on this larger company or bank's brand. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's distilling down more towards a personal brand. However, not a personal brand that's based on your name. Mm -hmm. So that's another key. I love how the Kearney, I was curious about that. Yeah, Kurt most people think we're uh, Irish. <laughs> Oh, is that, is that Kearney? <laughs> no. Right. But also that is a brand that has a great story. Now, now that I know it, that's awesome. And you could pass it on in the future. You could, you could hand that on. And so, you know, the brands, it, it should be, you know, one of the ones that I think of right off the top of my head is like porch light, like something like that mm -hmm. lockbox, right? Mm -hmm. I thought of a particular niche aspect of my industry that everyone in the industry understands the moment that they see it and that no one had labeled a podcast about yet. Right. Right. One of those little su subtle details that's mm -hmm. industry jargon or something that only they would talk, but you don't want to do an industry jargon type of brand for a consumer facing product. I was attempting to catch the attention of mortgage loan officers and real estate professionals with my, right. with my podcast. Right. So in branding, I would encourage you to think about that. Think past your name. Yeah. And I, I would think something along the lines of a consumer experience or a, a widget or something that's used in the industry commonly that even if the consumers call it something wrong and they, or they self-identify as like, I'm, I'm a this, I, I'm a dog lover, homeowner. What, I don't know, whatever the, the thing is that they've labeled themselves, you do your research, it, it, it should click where you're like, oh, that, that would be a great brand name. And then add a nice slogan to it that tells what you do. I think having something like that will really help not only separate yourself in a healthy way from your larger corporation that you work with the bank or the the cloud brokerage or whatever it is it'll it'll help 
separate you in a healthy way from that, but it'll also be much easier to pass down in the future. If you're thinking exit strategy and long-term, you could actually successfully exit that franchise or brokerage or whatever you build. And it doesn't, it's not tied to your name, right? That's, that's one of the things that I see when I get my 50, 55 year old real estate clients and they've built a 20 year brand around their name. Now they yeah. want to exit. They're having difficulty doing that. And not yeah. only is their sales volume taken out of the valuation, but their name is on the, it's on the door. Yeah. So, and I've seen that, ahead. you know, I've seen that in my area. We have a, a real estate agent called Linda sells Herndon, right? I mean, that's what she does. Linda sells Herndon. She has all the listings, you know, but, but when it's not her, you know, who is it? And I think that, mm -hmm. um, and I know I experienced it as a real estate agent that I worked with. And then when I put my house on the market, she had another real realtor call me by the name of Ginger. And I was like, well, where's Linda? Right. And, and I know this is a challenge that we time. have, right. It's a challenge that we have in our industry when, well, I think it's a limiting belief that a lot of real estate agents and loan officers have that, you know, they want you, well, they don't want you. They want the experience you provided them. So if you can duplicate that through a team, then that's all that matters. And I, I'm proof in the pudding, right? I went from 50 million to hundred million to 112 million in production using a team because it wasn't Jen Duplass's team, right? Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's super, super important. Uh, you know, there's another um, person that did that here. And what ended up happening is that when she retired, she had to fly back from Florida up to Virginia every quarter to make an appearance at something so that everybody felt, felt that she was still around because when she started moving away, business started falling away and it didn't work, right? Because it was her name. So I love that you're saying that. What I want to ask you, I want to ask you another follow-up question. I, we could have left it at that, but what I want to ask you as a follow-up question on that is, can you give us an example? Because now it's branded for somebody, so nobody can mm -hmm. take it. Can you give us an example of a real estate person who has branded them with you, branded themselves with you and what name they use and a mortgage person who has branded themselves with you and what name they use. So we can kind of get an idea because as you were saying, you know, you know, it's something that, you know, even if the client says it wrong, I love porch light, you know, I get the idea. I mean, I could say deck, but I started stumbling onto, Ooh, I don't really know what I would use. So can you give us an example of what you have created that is already trademarked that no one else can take? Great question. I'm glad that this conversation is stimulating so many follow-up questions from Jen. That's how you know it's a good conversation. So I'll be 100% transparent. And I talked to Jen about this at the beginning of the podcast. I've found that the branding offer has not resonated with my mortgage loan officer clients, and they've gone straight into advertising historically. Mm -hmm. my, my branding process has resonated more with real estate professionals like you said, they have more autonomy. They're used to that. Yeah. Um, and, and so Unders are missing the, the mortgage loan officer side, I, I don't have a specific example, although okay. I would, I would love to, I think it's super yeah. relevant and I, and that more, more mortgage loan officers should do this type of branding mm -hmm. and the real estate side, Jason Lee multifamily was a good one. Now he does incorporate his name, but that evolved into JLM. Yeah. Right. So, so JLM then mm -hmm. is you know, Jason Lee multifamily sounds like it rolls off the tongue nicely. It's, it, you know, it says on the 10, what exactly what the business does. Right. Right. But also JLM now is kind of like more of a timeless acronym. Like more of an of, enterprise. Of, yeah. Of that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
And, and so then JLM.realestate ended up being the, uh, the URL, which is, is great. And so that one, we went through the full story. So we don't have to make it so fussy as just to maybe have it be, you know, something that's really, really quick. You know, it was funny. My daughter, she was not happy when I did Kerr-knee and I said, well, Whitney and Kirk, I said, we could do work W H I R K, which we did by the way. And that is a property management company for our real estate and it's called work. Nice. <laughs> so you did do that. <laughs> when she didn't like the name, she goes, it's not as cute. And I go, well, you wanted it. So yeah. So we have a company called work W H I R K. And uh, that's why it's called that, you know, it's just taking combinations and names, I think is, isn't a good way to do it. Or I'm going to throw out another idea, acronyms, you know, um, the most recent book that I just not recent, well, that I did that I let now it's second to last one I did. I've done 12 now, 12 number one bestsellers um, is called uh, impact, right? And it's an acronym book and the word impact is an acronym inspiring motivational, right? I am inspiring, motivational, powerful acronyms for cognitive thinking. And every chapter is an acronym and it's a story around the acronym. So if you can create an acronym, that'd be a great yep. name. Um, I have I, a good one. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier dog lover homeowner, but that wasn't quite there. So let's evolve on that, on that. So yeah. if you, if you happen to be a mortgage loan officer and you told me the story that, you know what? My best friend, the biggest inspiration growing up, had kind of a rough childhood. It was my dog. Like I love mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah. And I could say, well, guess what? About 180 million other people in the United States also love and dogs. Now there's a certification. For dog lover dogs. loans. Dog lover loans. Yeah. There you I mean, go. That's right. That's it. And what you do is that they self-select, like you're saying, you know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And this is, it's funny because this is something that I talk about a lot uh, as well is that, you know, I love peanut butter cookies. So as a, as in a marketing perspective, I should just be talking about peanut butter cookies. That's what marketing is. It's marketing your niche, right? Marketing what you love to do. That's awesome. I'm going to market peanut butter cookies. And if you don't like peanut yeah. butter cookies, then you won't come through. No, but that's that filter I was telling you about. It's like, Ooh, but there might be something there, you know, because I want to be able to tell them, Hey, I do make chocolate chip cookies and I do make oatmeal cookies, but my favorite and where I'm the expert at, right. Yep. Is in, oh, is in, um, peanut butter cookies, which and is I great. Cause it's a trigger. Cookies. Yeah. It's then- the trigger, but, but so, you know, that's one of the challenges without marketing and, and having that brand is that you're marketing to everybody, which means you're marketing to nobody. And uh, so you have to pull that in, you know, and then you can tell them, yeah, I do all these other things. Come on. I do them all, but this is my expertise. Yep. This is and where I really fly. Almost, almost no mortgage loan officers, or real estate professionals have gone to the depth of market research and inside themselves to what mm-hmm. we do in our branding process. Every time, every single time that I've done it, there's this aha clarity moment and this burst of inspiration from the person I'm doing it with, because yeah. it goes down to the deeper layers of wow, that is my story. Wow. That is why I do everything that I do. It's powerful. It's a powerful process to go through and you'll leave that branding process so inspired to go conquer the world. It's like going to a personal development conference, except it happens over a couple of Zoom sessions and some very curated questions and it just digs so deep. And then you end up after that, you don't just show up 
after that from a personal development conference with nothing, you didn't have a 30 page brand book from that result. And you can now take that to the world. Now so. you can scale your team because you have a brand right. book. You don't have to go, well, uh, I don't say this and I say this and I don't say that. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's really cool. You and you and I are going to talk about affiliate because I think you need to have my, your branding program needs to be in my coaching because it'll mirror very well with what I do in branding. Cause my number one for my five principles is clarity. And the Oof. second one is credibility, which together is, is branding, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, let's talk. I love it. I love it. Okay. How do we get a hold of you? The best, best way to get a hold of you. Yes. So best way to get a hold of me, look for Steezy Digital online. I actually make myself pretty accessible. So you can just Jeff at Steezy Digital, really easy. And there's no .com. I know it's, I didn't think it was going to be uh, need explanation so many times. And when I found <laughs> I the company, it. I was like, I was like, dot digital. That's cool. Like everyone, it'll be futuristic. Everyone gets it. But then I, I'll, I'll get these inevitable responses like, hey, your email Where's isn't working. Dot? Jeff at dot digital dot com. No. So it's Jeff at steezy dot digital. Steezy yeah. is S-T-E-E-Z-Y. Or you could just type in steezy digital, Jeff Broger online, you know, Google. I make myself easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, look at there's dot clubhouse, right? I yeah. mean, I, well, not clubhouse, but dot club. Cause when I'm on clubhouse, club. that's what I give away is dot club. Jen Duplass is dot club. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Awesome. You're awesome, Jen. Oh, well, you're awesome too. Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you so much for having me as a guest on your a podcast. I don't remember the episode number, but you guys can go there and listen. And, um, you know, I, I don't know when it was, I bet I was number yeah, it was like six weeks ago. Yeah. Eight weeks ago. So yeah, you yeah. were like what, episode Maybe 120, 120 or so. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Okay. Sounds good. Well, again, thank you so much everyone for listening. Thanks so, so much for taking time out of your day to listen. And I just want to remind everyone to go to kineticsparkconsulting.com forward slash launch, and you can get a free copy of my book. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see us talking rather than just listen to us. And last but not least, please give us a great five-star rating and write a quick little review. All you got to do is write a few sentences and away you go. So we appreciate you listening in and we hope that you have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.